Welcome to the Analytics Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara, and this is a, it's going to be a special episode. I have a guest for the first time. I've made it 10 episodes without a guest. I now have a guest, uh, and I could think of no one better than this guest, uh, and we'll dive into it a little bit, the reasons why. Um, it is my editor of the Analytics of Dynasty, Adam Wilson. Um, Adam, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Reunited once again. Yes, yes, you're welcome. Yes. So. Adam is my editor uh, for the Analytics of Dynasty, uh, and he is uh, <laughs> always a welcome source of counsel. Um, you can find him at AJWilly2 <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you can find his podcast at Top Dog Dynasty Podcast. Uh, they have. Uh, I was listening this week on my way to work, and I, you know, there's a there's always a friendly banter there, but I I like the conversational aspect of their podcast. So. Um, his dulcet tones are always welcoming. So, Adam, thanks for joining the podcast. You're welcome. A pleasure to be here. I I want to do um, before we get started, we're gonna do we're gonna go through this podcast a little bit uh, and talk about some storylines we're watching maybe this week coming up with the combine and with the NFL draft. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanna I just wanna plug a couple things. You can find the book, The Analytics of Dynasty, at analyticsdynasty.com/shop. Uh, I'm still running my sale. Uh, the 2019 edition is on sale for $20, uh, and the 2020 edition is on sale for uh, it's it's available for purchase for $30. Um, you purchase it, comes as a PDF. Go ahead and uh, download it immediately. Um, it's got all sorts of super flex rookie draft guides. Look, really looked at the 2019 rookie class with uh, with some a different lens in terms of how I think it was a, a really great way to look at drafts. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff on, yeah, there's some, I don't know, Adam, if you saw it this, this week, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, consistency mattering. Um, there's a, there's a good blurb in my book about, about that. So you should, you should go check that out. Uh, all sorts of base rates, hit rates, density rates, all of those things. Um, you can find all that at slash shop. And if you're interested in more content, um, I, I don't do rankings, uh, but I do something called Dynasty Tiers um, on the on my Patreon side. So that's at patreon.com slash analytics dynasty. I do um, multiple podcasts over there a week. Uh, I have different tiers. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash analytics dynasty. But I just want to plug one thing. I have released my Dynasty Tiers, um, and I sort of I released them in January. I sort of revamped them over the weekend. Um, and took a different, uh, um, uh, I ha- have basically incorporated the base rates and the density rates of players um, just based off their fundamentals with market data, which I think is an interesting way to look at it. And it sort of melds the two. So it makes the numbers, um, you can sort of get an idea of where the market is, where the player is, and sort of how those two work together. So um, that was a fun weekend, a Starbucks and Fueled weekend of um, dynasty work and um, lots of caffeine. So uh, with all of that said, uh, we'll turn now to uh, the main topic of our podcast, which is I wanted to talk with Adam on uh, some draft storylines, things that he is looking at. But before we do that, I wanted to get his reaction to this thing. Um, this guy, I don't know if you saw this, this guy died in a rocket crash. Adam, did you see this thing? I did not see this. Okay, so this guy, his name's Mike Hughes, and he's one of these people that believes the earth is flat. And so he made okay. a, he made a self-propelled rocket 
which upon launch appeared to have uh, ripped his parachute and the rocket went up in the air and then came crashing down without any parachutes and killed him. Um, My question is, if if you don't believe the Earth is uh, round and you're trying to build a rocket, why not just get on a flight from like, you know, L.A. to New York and make the observation instead of trying to build like the Wright brothers figured this thing out like a hundred years ago. I don't know what the I don't know what the rocket would add to you. Your thoughts? I well, I mean, so I haven't looked into this a, a ton with these flat earthers, but I actually do have a buddy and his wife are both flat earthers, and I just I don't care to hear about it. So, um, but. It, I mean, can't we settle this debate? Like, can't they just go to the end of the earth and see that it's not flat? Like, can't they go and see it for themselves? I don't understand, like, why we even have this debate anyway. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you're a flat earther, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, but I can't, I can't get any explanation out of anyone anyway as to, you know, what exactly they believe. It, like, what happens when you get to the edge? You can actually fall off? I think we know that you can't, right? So... I don't know. I, 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 apparently, we don't. It's just I, up, this is one of these things that's up for debate. So I just thought that was fun. I wanted to catch your reaction. Before, I, I, uh, you told I me before you didn't know. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, I didn't think that you had heard about it. So. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I, uh, no. <laughs> right. when, when, did you see where it was? Where was it? Uh, I think it's out in California, something like okay. that. Um, that sounds right. He's... They're a little nutty out there or, you know, five, five years ahead of the Midwest, I think is what they say. So Barstow, maybe Barstow, California, 64 okay. years old. He, um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. his friend and longtime collaborator said it, quote, it was unsuccessful and he passed away End quote. So. Uh, <laughs> what's the what's the worst that can happen it's gonna crash like oh yeah we'll be okay we'll be, it's we'll be so, right. such we'll a such a time. terrible idea yeah all right on to the draft um the uh what do you think about tua in terms of where do you think the thing ends up boiling out towards so i think joe burrow got lucky that tua got hurt because I think that there, it would be very possible that Burrow doesn't go number one. Um, I, I think Burrow is going to end up going number one, but um, Tua, like I, I still haven't seen anything from Burrow that makes me think that he's a better prospect. So just from a prospect standpoint, not the not the injury. I don't want to, you know, I mean the injury is obviously a factor in with with Tua, but. Just from like a, a QB prospect, I, I don't know how anyone can say that Burrow is better than Tua. Um, you know, there, there's just like a lot of data points that just really scare me about Burrow. And I'm sure you've talked about him before. You know, the fact that he's 24 years old, um, the fact that he or the, the fact that he broke out late, um, he bounced around. You know, he was uh, at Ohio State first and got beat out for the job there and then transferred to LSU like little things like that and then the the other thing is is i i did see that scouts i'm totally ranting here um i did see that scouts with burrow um were not concerned about his arm strength but i'm not sure if you even know this jordan um joe burrow's worried about his arm strength every offseason that's the thing that he works on the most there's articles about this and um you know urban meyer had talked to him about it so uh there are negatives with him but um so in terms of tua I, I think that he's going to be the second quarterback drafted. I think Burrow will ultimately go number one. 
But it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Cincinnati moved out or something like that. But um, Tua, I think, is going to pass all his medical evaluations, and I think he's going to be the second quarterback taken. Do you think there's a chance as we sit here right now and, you know, we're in late February, you know, mm-hmm. recording this before the combine, what, you know, what, what odds would you put on the fact that Herbert's the second quarterback drafted? So I think it's a possibility because someone's going to fall in love with his tools, right? Like we've seen this, I mean, the bills fell in love with Josh Allen. Um, I, I actually kind of compare him to Josh Allen. Like, I think he has the physical tools, but I just think he's kind of raw. Um, Odds of it, I think it's probably it's probably closer to fifty fifty than you think. Wow. Okay. Um, so you would say, if if given a coin flip, would you take would you take Tua or would you take Herbert? Oh, I would take. I'm not saying that I like Herbert that much. Uh, I'm just I'm simply saying that uh, all it'll take is one team to fall in love with him and move up and get him. And I think that that's a real possibility. Uh, no, I would take Tua. Um, no, I, I, don't I mean, ha- would you say it's a, if, if you had to pick between the two of who goes first, who actually oh, goes first, not I your th- particular pick. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's 60, 40 to a, okay. is what I would say. Gotcha. And you put any stock into this, uh, Cincinnati falling in love with Herbert at the senior bowl type deal? No, I don't believe anything. Well, and so this is kind of the thing, like I was coming up with like things to talk about for this and storylines. And, uh, a lot of it is just avoiding the news that comes out about this. Uh, I think there's more, I I think there's more to the possibility of teams trading up to number one to draft Burrow, um, like Carolina. I think that that's more of a possibility than them actually falling in love with Herbert. I think it's going to be Burrow at number one. I'm not really concerned about Herbert jumping up there. So, but do you think there's a non-zero chance that someone else, that some team other than Cincinnati takes Burrow at one? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think I think I think it's I think there is a possibility of like a uh, I think a Carolina trade up is is in the realm of possibilities. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're linked to don't isn't Joe Brady their offensive coordinator now? Yeah. So he's their OC now and he worked with Burrow at LSU. So right. um, and, and how convenient. Right. Like, of course, there's a storyline out about that. But I, I just wonder what's going to happen with Burrow is kind of a weird dude. Like he's he's kind of cocky, and if Cincinnati tries to play hardball with him about anything, about getting drafted there or anything, I mean, I don't I don't put it past him to say like, hey, we don't want to go to Cincinnati. We want to go somewhere else. Those, I think that those, they, I think that's a real possibility. Those narratives are already like percolating up, right? Like yeah. that whole yeah. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to watch. All right, uh, Detroit Lions I think are the most fascinating team in the NFL draft because they sit at three. Um, and so over under three and a half on Tua Tungavailoa's, uh, draft, uh, draft spot. Uh, hmm. I think it's more likely that someone trades up for Tua, but I think it's possible that it's number two. Um, you think Washington might trade down? Yeah, I think it's possible, but then that would mean that they're competent, which they really aren't. That's true. So you think there's um, a? So you would probably take the under on that. You think it's earlier than three and a half? Yeah, I think I think two. So the Lions, I, I can see them trading down. So right. yeah, I you know I, I and I haven't seen anyone linked to the Lions like that's 
you know, like I, I that defensive tackle from Auburn, like I'm sure that uh, Patricia would love to get his hands on him or maybe an Okuda or something like that. But yeah, I, 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 doesn't it just kind of make sense Detroit trading out of three and someone coming up to get one of the quarterbacks? I mean, I, I would assume that it's going to be Tua, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I've sort of thought I've sort of thought about this class a while. I've sort of written in hard pencil, I would say, not pen, but hard pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burrow at one. I think that Chase Young to Washington makes a ton of sense at two. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I sort of think they sit and, and pick, um, but maybe they don't. I mean, and I've seen speculation that that maybe they take Tua. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think if they go if they go Chase Young at two, I, I I'll say this. I think we see a, I think we see at least one trade out of either Washington or Detroit. Um, I think I think there's two quarterbacks taken in the th- top three picks of this draft. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's Tua, uh, but I could see a, I could see someone liking Herbert over Tua. Well, uh, so you asked me that question about percentages of Herbert being the second. Uh, second quarterback off the board. Do you think it? What is your percentage you're putting on that? Um, I, I think it's closer to fifty-fifty right now because of the medical. Uh, and I mean, I so I did my, um, I did a, I did a podcast on my Patreon side about the quarterback class and uh-huh. like Tua's like w- numbers are just ludicrous. Like when you put them on mm-hmm. paper and sort of look yeah. at them relative to any quarterback that's been in the um, NFL draft in like 20 years like he's the best in terms of like in terms of the stats that I was looking at by like a not close margin um Mm -hmm. and he so uh, like I think on paper he's the best quarterback in this class if but I can see a team getting scared out of him I mean it, it wasn't I mean it seems like a long time ago but the Dolphins picked uh, Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees because they were worried about his injuries. Like, Correct. Yep. How different would Saban have been? How different would Miami have been? What about the Saints? I mean, all of those things. Like, what the implications of that are pretty massive. But um, and that's not that's not super long ago. So if there's people that are concerned about it, like I can see an argument that Herbert. You know, I would take to assuming it checks out. I think two is the clear pick over Herbert. But I can see someone being skittish, needing a quarterback and saying, "Let's go with Herbert." Um, so we'll see. But I think like you look at like Gettleman never trades down at four for the Giants. Uh-huh. So you you just I think any speculation about him being a trade down spot is just is it's a wasted oxygen. So it, I, I think the move is either to two or three. And it's going to have to be like if you're the Chargers at six or Carolina at seven or the Jaguars at nine or, you know, the, the Raiders at 12 or the Colts at 13. I don't think they're in play to trade up for a quarterback, but like any of those teams that, that have bullets to fire to get up into the, to get a franchise quarterback, you, uh, I think have to jump the, the dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings you to either two or three. So I think, I think Correct. Detroit sits in the best case scenario, which is either, uh, you know, the quarterbacks go one, two, um, and or someone trades up above him, or uh, and they take Chase Young at three, or they're in a power position to move down from three, uh, and, and take you know if they move from three to five, they're probably still going to get their target player at five. Would be my thought. So, um, and probably rack up at least a first round draft pick on top of that. So, uh, I just think that's interesting. Um, 
So you took the under on Tua at three and a half. What about Justin Herbert at six and a half? That puts uh, I'm ta- him I'm taking just between, the, yeah, just between no, the Chargers and the Panthers. Yeah, I'm taking the under on that too because I think it makes sense at six. So, um, so a couple things from what you said. So essentially, you you feel the same way as I did. I probably didn't do a good enough job of you know explaining that. But so yeah, so you would you would think that there is a chance that Herbert could be the second quarterback, but you think in all likelihood it's going to be Tua. I'm, I, I guess I'm assuming the reason you're asking that is because of the injuries with Tua and his potential fall. I, don't, I really don't think that teams are going to care about it. I, I mean, I think that they're going to know that the injury is there, but it only takes one team, right? So um, he might be off a board at someone, on someone else's, but uh, it, he might be on, number one on the board on, someone, on another team. So... Um, and then uh, with the Dante Culpepper thing, Saban actually wanted Drew Brees. And so yeah. he was pissed at the metal, medical staff, uh, you know, uh, shut that down. Uh, Over, overrid him, man. Overrid yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit, the, terrible. Um, so I think what ends up happening is basically what you're saying. Someone's either trading up to two or three. I don't think Washington's going to take a quarterback. I, I, I really think Daniel Snyder really does love um, Haskins. Uh, so, but I'm not, I'm not sold that Washington is just going to take Chase Young. Um, and I'm an Ohio state fan. I live in Ohio, so, uh, nobody loves him more than me, but I'm not totally sold that that's going to be the case. So I think that there is potential for both Washington and Detroit to move down. Um, I just think it's probably unlikely. And so I think what's more, more likely is someone is going to move up to two or three and take one of the quarterbacks. And I don't think it depends on who they're moving up for, but I, I don't think Tua or Herbert gets past the Chargers at six. So I, no matter what, that's going to be an under for me because either someone's going to trade up uh, at with the Lions for the third quarterback or they're going to trade up with Miami or, or Miami will just take them or the Chargers will just take them. So. Got it. Gotcha. And, I'm, and by the way, on Tua, I'm totally with you. Like, I don't think people understand, like – or it, they must have forgot, I guess. Um, like Tua was, it was tank for Tua. Like right. he was an, an elite prospect. Like everybody Still was, was absolutely. It's just the injury. That's the only right. thing. So uh, I have no issue taking Tua in drafts this year. Like the injury history isn't going to scare me away. Like I still think teams are going to want him. I still think he's going to be a top five draft pick. So. What what's interesting is like I wonder if Miami like let's just assume Miami for some reason doesn't get Tua mm-hmm. like I think I'd rather not draft a quarterback if I were them and mm-hmm. like play out 2020 and yep. like you have five picks in the top 56 of this draft yes and like just the core that you could build by not sacrificing that and like you could even move down like you could you could move down accumulate more picks and kick and then sort of give yourself ammo to go up next year and get fields or get, mm-hmm. um, you know, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence or, um, a, one of those type of guys. I, I would be like, if it wasn't Tua for them, I'd probably pass on Herbert. Like that would just be, I agree. I, I would think you can just do so much with, with the capital that you have and you could just build a, you know, and then insert the quarterback later on. I'll be fascinated to see how, and I think they're well run. So like, I, I think, mm-hmm. I don't, 
I'm not going to say that they're not capable of dumb decisions, but I think they've made pretty smart decisions in the past like 12 months. So um, we'll sort of see how that goes. All right, let's turn to let's turn to running backs because uh, or uh, one more question on quarterbacks. Yep. Over under three and a half quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Mm, I knew that one was coming, uh, which is one of the things that I was going to say for the combine is who's going to show up as the QB four um, because we have these three. Uh, I just from watching them, I can't imagine that a team would take them. I d- take one of these other guys. I I really don't like any of them uh, when it comes to like Jordan Love or Eason or whatever. I, I can't, but, you know, it, again, it only takes one team. I, I'm actually going to stay over. I think there's probably one that slips in there somewhere. You know, maybe, maybe it's a Miami if they don't pick, if the quarterbacks are gone by five, maybe Miami picks one at 16 or, or 18 or 26, something like that. I, so I'll say over the three and a half, but I, I don't love any of the other quarterbacks. So, Got it. Um, you think any... Yeah, uh, over under three and a half quarterbacks in the first round of Superflex drafts. Uh, Superflex rookie drafts. Yeah, yeah. Over under same thing in in the first round or the whole draft. Uh, in the first round of Superflex rookie drafts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll be three, so I'll take the under on that. Okay. Interesting. So. Okay. Um, all right, running backs. Yep. Uh, let's just start with this one. Any any specific storylines that you're looking at for the running back position? I think it's less. Uh, there's there's not a situation like Tua um, in terms of injury concerns. Like there's not you don't have a mixing type situation in terms of off field that we know about. Yep. Um, it seems in terms of the guys in this class, it seems clean up at the top, um, and I. You know, I, I wonder, but I wonder if there's any 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 specific player storylines, general storylines you want to talk about. I, I, I sort of, I, I just want to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, so I mean, we have the top four running backs. I think that everyone's talking about. Um, so I think that the key to this is Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think his testing numbers are going to matter in terms of where he's going to end up going in rookie drafts. It's going to kind of, you know, you have the top four, and then you're going to get into that receiver range of rookie drafts. And then, you know, people are going to be looking at running back. So how high does Edwards Hilaire end up going in, in, in a rookie draft? And I think a lot of that's going to be tied to his testing numbers. Um, in addition to that, I think that there's going to be a drop-off after him, and I'm wondering who the next guy is that's going to come out, uh, you know, and, and be that second-round rookie draft running back. Um I'm sure there's going to be someone who's tests well here uh, and then gets a, a favorable draft slot. But I wonder if there's anyone that just goes crazy and it is the clear 201 pick or 204 pick or something like that. Um, I tend to think that 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 sixth running back is going to be more tied to draft position rather than testing numbers at the combine. But it's possible that there's someone like a like a Chris Johnson type who just goes out and blazes a 40 that we weren't expecting. So, I mean, I think we kind of knew about Chris Johnson. We had heard about it, but um, so, yeah, it's a mo- most everything is centered around Edwards Hilaire to me uh, because I'm wondering, you know, who is going to be the running back that you're going to be able to get in the back half of the first round um, and where they're going to end up falling to. So, 
In terms of in terms of um, where they end up falling in rookie drafts. Yeah, in terms of rookie drafts. So. Got it. It feels like doesn't it feel kind of like an just at this point sitting here, and obviously it's pre it's pre combine, pre draft, pre landing spot, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But doesn't it feel kind of like a, a weird second round of rookie drafts this year, where it might be it might end up being receiver target players there instead of the normal running backs you'd look at? Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I worry about, and that's why I'm worried, like thinking about the running backs in advance, just because I I hate drafting, and part of it's because of you and the, your data and things. But uh, I sorry hate to, drafting. Sorry to ruin it for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's actually a good thing, you know. Like I I didn't want to fall into the Anthony Miller traps and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that that's more so what I'm looking for, but. You know, I don't know. Are some of these like last year? There was a receiver that fell, and that was Hollywood Brown. And I was getting him in second round of rookie drafts when I thought he was clearly, you know, 108, 109, 110, some guy like something like that. Um, so I, there might be a, a receiver that falls in the in that second round, but I'm I'm really hoping that there's some sort of running backs that you know get a bump up into that second round that I can be you know picking off. But I, I yeah, I agree. It is. It, anything with the second half of the first round and the second round are unknowns to me at this point, you know, and that I, I really want some clarity on all that. I don't, I tend to think that we're going to find that more so in the NFL draft and with pedigree rather than the testing numbers though. So, yeah, it seems, it seems kind of like a good bet. Um, uh, over under a half of a running back in the first round of the NFL draft. I think we're going to get one. I don't think it's going to be two. I think a lot of people are expecting multiple running backs because this class is so good uh, at the top, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be one. You think it's going to be one? Do you have any spot on where you think that one might be? Well, I, so I want it to be Kansas City, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be Miami, but there, there are pluses and minuses to both sides. Like, you know, is Brian Flores actually going to take a – draft a running back there i i tend to think not but i mean it's likely not up to him um so yeah i mean i think we get one i think it's probably miami but wouldn't surprise me if it it was like a kc or i, I think indianapolis is fascinating i i can't see that i can, but we also got to worry about like um you know free agency too and what people do um you know maybe kc or not Casey, uh, maybe Indianapolis is like a Tom Brady suitor or, you know, I, I think that whoever gets Tom Brady, uh, you know, they could be in the mode of putting weapons in place. Right. So, you know, if he went to say Indianapolis, and I'm not saying he's going to, but, um, and it's more win now, do they go and spend on Amari Cooper and then draft a running back high to get pieces around Tom Brady so that he's safe? Like, I think that that's a thing too. So, Got it. Do you think Brady's back in, in New England? I mean, I think all likelihood, but I think Tennessee is interesting. I, I keep hearing the Chargers. I just don't see it. Um, why is he going to go to the Chargers when they have a poor offensive line every year and their linemen get hurt all the time? Like, it, And they talk about the weapons. I, I, I would think it's more likely like an Indianapolis thing. I know they have the Patriots have bad blood with them, but... Um, Indianapolis or or um, Tennessee for me. I, I think it's likely Tennessee if he goes anywhere else. 
Interesting. But, I I look at that that Chargers thing. I think I take a different look on it than than okay. you do. Like if they bring but you you cover them from for football guys, so right. Uh, I did them in the preseason okay. last year. Um, but the uh, I don't know. You're sitting at six, and like mm-hmm. let's assume Brady goes there, and they they go offensive line. Like yeah, I'm not big on the the line. You know the offensive line prospects, but I've seen a couple of them mocked in like the top 10. So like you, you could go offensive line or something like that. Like you've yeah. got a, you've got some like really intriguing pieces on defense and you've got like, you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Mike Williams, you've got Hunter Henry, uh, who is a free agent, but they could potentially tag. Yep. Um, and then, uh, or, or resign. And then you've got, uh, you know, you've got Eckler, um, I, I just I think like you you make it you sort of put those on paper and it's like wow you actually have like it's you're you probably aren't going to see him land in a spot with better weapons in terms of like almost anywhere that he could go. Well, hold on a second. So w- the weapons are like you mentioned Keenan Allen and then Mike Williams. I guess I'm not a big Mike Williams fan, so I guess I don't see it with that. I mean, they have, I, and I don't know their their cap number. I mean, I, I can see it in front of me. It's $51 million, but I don't know who they can cut and who they can keep or their potential free agents or anything like that. But, I mean, you're talking about potentially tagging Hunter Henry or you have to re-sign him, um, and then you're going to have to do something at running back, right? So you're either paying Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler, but you're putting money towards that too. And then maybe they spend on an offensive lineman, I guess. But I mean, I just, I don't see that as being the best spot. So how is that any better than Indianapolis who has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL? They have T Y Hilton. They have uh, the fourth most cap space um, right now. So, I would it just think doesn't that feel that, like an Indianapolis move to me. Like well, that just doesn't how they build their team. It, I, I agree, it doesn't. But I, I just, I know how incompetent the Chargers are um, in their front <laughs> office. So I, if I know that, I would think that Tom Brady would know that. So I, I, I just think if you if you wanted to win now in the NFL and you were these teams, if you were Indianapolis, you were Tennessee, you were the Chargers. Like, I just think Indianapolis is better off getting away from Brissett. And I agree, it's probably not a Chargers move, but, like, you could do it, right? You could potentially get Tom Brady there, and you could sign Amari Cooper, and you could draft a running back. Mm. I mean, that seems like the best team that he could go to, unless maybe Tennessee's a little bit different. But the Chargers, I'm just, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess that whole Vrabel link thing to Tennessee is that's not an angle that I had thought about, but I heard that this week. It was pretty, it was a pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I think it was Jeff Darlington on Schefter's podcast that talked about yes. it. Yes. All right. Back to the draft. Um, I, I do think that the Brady thing is like the biggest moving piece in the entire, For like, sure. in the, like in the pre draft process. Like the fallout from that could be just ridiculous in terms of all the moving pieces. But if what? he doesn't, if he doesn't go like leave the Patriots, I think there's a, it could be a lot more static at the quarterback position than I would expect right now. Like, I think that's a very big, um, I think it's a, it's a big, him leaving would be a pretty big shift in the market. Um, all right. Yeah, so you so you think, so you think under one running, or you think there will be one running back in the, the draft. So you're taking over a half. Who do you yes. think it is? I think it's probably Swift. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a guy like Dobbins, which is, that kind of brings me to one of my other interesting ones, which is not really relevant to us in Dynasty 
too much, but the 40 time. Uh, I think Chad actually just posted a tweet about the or uh, a poll with the top uh, the top four running backs who has the fastest 40 time, and there's kind of de- a debate going on in there. It's kind of interesting. Like Jonathan Taylor is a former track guy, and you know you see the videos of him, but I I don't know. I, that seems like too easy. Um, I tend to think that Dobbins is going to run really well, which is surprising because I don't think that he has the best top end speed. Like I don't like he gets caught from behind and he improved over the season or improved this season. But um, Ohio state drafts athletes and they draft guys that are fast. And like Mike Weber, people were talking about Mike Weber running a four, six last year and he ran like a four, four, two. So it wouldn't surprise me if Dobbins is way faster than people think. So is Dobbins a guy that could be there at 32 to Kansas city or something like that? I could, I could see something like that. What do you think? Let's assume Kansas City passes on running back in the first round, mm-hmm. and they draft uh, their next pick would be sixty-three overall because mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a second, but they have. Sorry, they have. Um, oh, they have. Um, they have San Francisco second. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the if a running back went insert running back? that they take there and let's say the person's running back I knew this is four or five off the off the board in terms of the you know there's there's three or four running backs off the board in front of this pick how high does that person go in a rookie draft like Clyde Edwards Allaire there Uh, I I, I actually well so are we talking super flex yes Uh, I still think there's going to be a ton of burrow love at 101 in super flex which is I'm not comfortable with it, but I understand people and their thinking. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes to Kansas City. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the first running back taken. Because people are so caught up on situation. Yeah. Right? Like, we saw it with, uh, like, Montgomery, the Nick Chubb thing. They're, like, people are just obsessed with it. And so you, you get a guy like David Montgomery who didn't really test particularly well that people loved for eh, draft Twitter, loved him. And then he goes to Chicago, and it's like, yeah, he's going to be the power back there. Boom. Yeah. You know, but he's still not that great. So did you see the, the quote? Problem. Did you see the quote from um, uh, their offensive there? I think it was, uh, it's not Chris Long, but uh, the other Long brother that yep. just retired from there. And he was, he had a pretty anti Montgomery quote this week. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we just need to, we just need a power back to go with our all pro scat back. I was like, wait, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Or uh, Pro Bowler. I was like, wait, I didn't realize that Montgomery was a Pro Bowl scat back. I did, I did see I did see it, and I uh, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I was not on the David Montgomery bandwagon at all. Like I just I didn't know what people were seeing. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, isn't this Jordan Howard? Like it seems <laughs> like this is Jordan Howard all over again. It's like the same guy they had there. So um, yeah, I, I it doesn't say good things when like one of the all pro offensive linemen that you did have is talking about getting a replacement for you. So yeah, that, that offense, that whole team, it's just a mess. Yeah. Uh, all right. The lions sit at 35 and 67 in this uh, day two. Um, mm-hmm. over under a half a running back. They draft on day two. Uh, I mean, for your sake and my sake, I, I hope it's under, I um I don't think I don't think they're going to spend a high pick on a running back. You know, I could see something in day 3. 
It wouldn't surprise me if they brought someone else in. I didn't. I don't know their situation off the top of my head. Do they have? Are they losing anybody or? Well, they keep losing carry on Johnson injury. Yeah, um, well, no, I but know But they've that. got Bo Scarborough back. Like he was serviceable last year as like a as like a backup guy. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they added you know a late day three guy or late uh, like a day three guy or something like that or maybe another guy in free agency. But I think that they'll give carry on another another shot. So. So um, you think we'll you think under? Yeah, You're I think going. it's under under okay. half half a running back. Um. Okay. Um. Just one more while we're while we're sort of on this topic. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, is he a Jet or is he not a Jet? So we talked about this on my podcast last week. Uh, like I, I don't, I don't know how these teams are going to trade these guys that are owed this money. So we're talking about Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Todd Gurley. Like I, it, how are you, you're not getting anything for these guys? I don't see. So unless the Jets are going to cut him, which I think they are, where are they at? They are eleventh in cap space. Um, if they're going to cut him and take the hit, I, I just I don't know who's paying Le'Veon Bell the money. You know, like what team is trading for him? And if you're the Jets, don't you have to give up something? You have to give Le'Veon Bell and something to get rid of him, don't you? Doesn't he just have too much money left on his deal? Yeah, so I mean, I guess for me, I think he's a jet yet again. So, yeah, um, they would take six million dollars in cap, uh, dead cap, if they trade him pre June one. Mm-hmm. They would take, uh, they would save nine and a half million, uh, but his cap number is fifteen five. So, I mean, that's yeah. a, but I sort of wonder, like, and not that this would happen in intra division, you know, within the AFC East, but like you think of sort of what the the Browns did with uh, was it Brock Osweiler, right? Didn't yep. they didn't they basically get Brock Osweiler in a second, basically as a salary dump, no, like for nothing? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which uh, teams need to do this more, by the way? Yeah, I mean that's totally an NBA thing. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 funny. Like I've I've thought about the NBA a lot in terms of like, dynasty analytics and like thinking you know thinking strategy. I think it's there's a lot that happens in the NBA that's applicable, uh, and so it's fun to see like. NFL teams start doing these sorts of things, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like if if Miami did it, like it would be, mm-hmm. like and, and yeah, I would. Hey, we'll take your salary dump, and it would be that would be an interesting, that'd be an interesting thing. Um, I'm just so Miami is the perfect candidate. Yeah, and just be like, listen, we're just gonna keep playing this like this, this basically like you know building and i don't know i just i really i really like what they're doing so um i'm sort of becoming a miami fan even though i i hate the dolphins like i i'm a fan of a lot of the things they're doing so um and even like the rosen thing didn't work out but it's uh mm-hmm. it was like the right the process was right on that i think like you you do that you do that thing you see and then hey it doesn't work like we're not really that worse off so yeah um, no that that was a yeah no question yeah yeah um even if there was just like a like a quarter of a chance that it happened, you know, even if it's like a twenty five percent chance that that guy's your franchise quarterback, like you still, mm-hmm. like that's it. I think that's a good deal. Um, so, all right, um, where do you do you think it's you think it's so you think it's Swift is most likely running back off the board first, and you think second is Taylor? Uh, so I would in terms of NFL draft. Yeah, in terms of an NFL draft, so I, I think that 
it's going to get really scheme specific once you get into the second round. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that because it's like that anywhere. I, I just like I don't think that the teams look at it as well. Swift is ranked number one. Taylor's ranked two, and they they say, oh yeah, we have a need here. We're going to take the second ranked running back. Like, I, you know, I think certain guys are going to fit better in certain places. I think that Jonathan Taylor needs to be in a power, you know, scheme. Um, like I, you know, I don't want to see him in a Kansas city offense or I, I think that it would, they'd be better off with, um, someone a little bit more di- dynamic. Um, I would, so I, I don't really know, I guess is the answer to your question, but I, for me, it would probably be Dobbins or Taylor. Um, I think it's just going to depend on the team. Got it. Got it. All right. Can we go to, let's, let's jump over to our, your favorite our position. receiver position. Yep. You know, I love me some receivers. I know you do. Um, I, you know, I keep, I keep coming back to this thing and maybe it's just a super flex thing or, uh, and maybe, so maybe it's not necessarily what I'm thinking of, but like even in a start one rookie draft, like I still think there's like a reasonable chance that there's going to be a first round wide receiver outside the top 12 and ADP and, and rookie drafts, like for Mm -hmm. in a start one, like if you sort of were to take, if you were to, so I looked at this in the book, and I think there was like five of them, if memory serves. Like uh, yep. Marquise Brown was the hit, or was the the most recent one. But before that, I think there was four of them dating back to 08 that okay. basically were were round one NFL draft picks um, that finished with uh, round two ADPs and rookie drafts. Like I think that's a very reasonable thing to happen this year. Like I think it's entirely possible because you could get six or seven wide receivers in the first round. I think that's a you could see, and honestly, like it might be a better profile than Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. And like I, I was on Marquise Brown because of the price, where I was sort of picking in that range. Yep. Um, but I, I, I think that that it's possible. It's it's a better it's a better profile this year at that point. I mean, I don't know sort of what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think with the receiver position, you have like Lamb and Judy, and then everything else is super specific to what your team needs, right? Like, you need a burner down the middle of the field, like that's Henry Ruggs, or it's Ragor, or, you know, you want the bigger body receiver. And so, yeah, I think that, I think it's all, I, so I think that the it's going to be the outlier in the first round, right? Like it's going to be the seventh receiver taken in the first round if it gets that high or the guy that you weren't really expecting. Like maybe it's like a Brandon Ayuk or something like that. And he's like the fifth receiver taken in the first round. It's just, I think it's going to be that outlier receiver, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're expecting, you know, five, six receivers, but you know, maybe Van Jefferson from Florida is the fifth receiver taken in the round. And, People don't really love him, and you know, all of a sudden he's falling to the two hundred six range. And but he's a you know first round pedigree receiver, yeah. so, so I, I, have I think this, it's probably uh, going to be that outlier. Got it. Yeah, I, I so I go to this site. It's great. Uh, Grinding the mocks is the okay. site. Uh, Benjamin Robinson is the is the uh, he basically curates mock drafts is essentially what he does and runs some analysis on them and there's a few different ways and you can look at different players and all these things but um it's a it's a i think an interest it's a really interesting exercise to look at um he's got he has basically right now he's got uh five wide receivers in the first round 
so he's got Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chanel. Uh, yep. And then he's got Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, Ayuk, and uh, KJ Hamler in mm-hmm. the second round. So you've got basically nine guys in the first 53 picks is what he has right now. And then he's got like seven more in the top, like what would be about the top, like in the third round is mm-hmm. about that. Depending on where the comp picks fall, he's got like Colin Johnson at 100.9, which is right around where the comp pick thing is. Um, if memory serves, I think. I think that's still a third round pick, but, um, but yeah, so I'm sort of interested and it'll be like, you have guys like Tyler Johnson, you know, he's, it's, he's the 13th ranked wide receiver in terms of this at 83 overall. Like that's interesting. Brian Edwards, I think from a, from an analytics perspective, Brian Edwards at 18 right now, I I can't really wrap my fingers around him. Uh, He's going to be injured. Yeah. So he just broke his foot, right? Yeah, he's going to be injured, not work out. Like, and honestly, if he just broke his foot, like, I don't know. If you assume he did it just now, I don't know. I guess if it's possible that he did it earlier and didn't announce it, but if you assume it's recent, like, even if he like rehabs the shit out of it, he's not going to get back to health before the draft. I mean, the draft's in two months. Yeah. Like he's never going to be able to work out, so he's going to have to live with probably not working out. I, w- I would bat pretty heavily on would be my thought. Um, but I think like him is like a the he's going to be a fascinating one in terms of day two, day three dichotomy because he's about on the cut line. I was going to say yeah, yeah, he's about on the cut line, so he could like you could make an argument. All right, he's a good you know maybe he's a he's a player you could target in rookie drafts and round yeah. You know, and as a third round guy is a good metric prospect. Okay. You sort of break ties for him and, you know, later second, you know, somewhere in the second round of rookie drafts or in the, th- you know, mm-hmm. if he were to follow the third round, I don't think he'll follow the third round. Cause I think you'll get like, he's one of these players that's going to have people on him early in the draft. Um, he's going to have like a, I think a strong, uh, constituency, if you will, of, of owners that would be on him from an analytics perspective. So, um, but I, so I don't, you know, he's probably going to be more like a, a, a earlier to mid second round pick, I would imagine, because he's going to have truthers. Um, but Are you talking about in rookie, rookie drafts, terms? in rookie drafts. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like I just think he's gonna have dynasty truthers after him. But if he's if it's gonna be a situation where he falls to day four or day three, yeah, day four. Um day three, (laughs) it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a like a Hakeem Butler situation, which I um, I'm loath to do. So Or Kelvin Harmon. Right, right. I'm sort of loath to do. I know you you and I both liked his tape and then he fell to what, the sixth round or seventh round? Right. And it's just like, all right, well, I'm not taking. Although I, I, you know, there was there was some flashes at the end of last year, but I mean, the likelihood. So that's what I was going to ask you: Have you identified who is going to be the one that's going to fall out of the third round, or yeah, fall to day three? In terms of like, like the NFL receiver. draft, like which 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 there's got to be some guy who people love right now. Like, is it going to be Ragor? I can't imagine that. No, but, I don't. Th- I think he's I, more likely to go round one than that late. But I think yeah. Brian Edwards is a guy. Like, I could see Tyler Johnson being. You know, he has some strong analytics support, but doesn't mm-hmm. like like his pre-draft process isn't going well. Like, I think he didn't get a. If memory serves, he didn't get a Senior Bowl invite and then dodged the um, Shrine Game or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he he's doing weird stuff in terms of that um so you can see it trending in the wrong direction for him 
Um, I'm looking down like Van Jefferson's like in the fourth round. Um, I saw, I've heard some people on him. Antonio Gibson's a guy that's, it's interesting from just a yep. skill set perspective, but I don't love him as a receiver. Like I'd more, you know, he did the running back thing at, at the senior bowl. And now he's a, you know, he's, I think working out with the receivers at the, at the draft is what I, I saw him listed there. So, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I think there's, it's going to be a lot of, I think there's a lot of different, uh, what I, what I think's interesting about this class is I think you can make an argument saying, all right, like if I'm sitting at wide receiver three, like that's the choice of my draft. Like, okay, I can move down like a chunk full of picks and wide receiver six won't be that much different in terms of profile or pedigree or any anything like that like to really identify the spreads on on cost and stuff like that on the move down i think that's that might be an interesting it might be an interesting year for that this year it seems like we're almost a little bit too early in the process for people to fall in love with these players like i like i've seen some love on twitter for like regor and then there's the debate on, on like rugs and and then the debate between lamb and judy but you know, to, to find that um, Calvin Harmon type or Hakeem Butler type that people just love the tape and then they fall to the, you know, day three. I, I think we're almost a little early on it. Like people need to start watching more tape or, or, you know, getting numbers from the combine. And, you know, then the steam will pick up on these guys and then you'll have, you know, one of these guys falling out of the first first two days of the draft or something like that, you know. Yeah, um, I, I'm all in for the narratives post combine. I, I, I live. <laughs> me for this. too. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think the interesting thing here is, and I think we're going to start seeing this a little bit more. And I don't think it should change our analytical take on some of this stuff. But I think you're going to see a lot of receivers like Henry Ruggs coming out like, that are kind of special to, and they do one thing really, really well. And I think it's going to be almost situational for these guys. Like they're going to need to go to the right spot for them to be dynasty viable in terms of like upside. And so, because you're, you're seeing guys like rugs who are just burners and, you know, Hollywood Brown and like those burner types like that are, you know, they're very specific to the scheme. Like, you know, like you've got the Ted Ginn juniors in, in new Orleans and, um, New Orleans is always used like a Debrie Henderson, but those aren't exactly dynasty viable. Right. So, uh, you know, just because these guys are going high in in the draft, or you know, I think I think it's likely that Henry Ruggs is a first round pick. I don't I don't necessarily think that he's viable in terms of you know de- it depends on where he goes. Mm. So I, and it, so I wonder how that's going to change. You know, some of the data that you've collected. Um, I wonder if it's going to be more likely that these guys hit or. You know, I think it's going to be very specific. So, yeah, it, it'll be I, I kind of wonder with a guy like him is it's it's almost the the Wolfel or John Ross type thing, right? Like yeah. if John Ross went to someplace other than uh, Marvin Lewis led Cincinnati. Does he exactly. get this? Does, does, are we having a different conversation on him? Yeah. And, and Fuller hasn't been able to stay healthy. But when he when he has been healthy, mm-hmm. when he's been on the field, he's been a Kills um, yeah, just a just a just a, 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 a good, a good player and a, and a dynamic wide receiver. So, and that's, um, and that's I'm a still very specific too, right? Buffalo. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm sure you are, of course. Um, but yeah, it's like it's very specific to the actual, you know, the the scheme that they're playing. And, you know, it just kind of works out with him having DeAndre Hopkins on the other side and having a quarterback that, you know, can actually drive an offense like Watson can. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's going to that a guy like Will Fuller would be dynasty viable or, you know, for where you have to take them anyway um, on another team. So I, I think that you're going to see guys like Henry Ruggs more often. Like, I think that that's going to happen more and more um, as time goes on. So in future seasons. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap this up in terms of, in terms of looking at the, at the, the storylines coming up, the NFL draft. Um, I couldn't think of a better first guest than, than you, Adam. So of all of the late night text and um, psychiatric <laughs> conversations that we have when I'm in the yeah. process of writing the analytics sure. of Dynasty. Trust me, there's plenty of other better guests than me, but you know, at least I can make fun of myself and you're number one whatever. in my heart. So why don't you go ahead yeah. and plug your why don't you go plug your stuff and you plug your podcast, hey. plug your Twitter and hey, thank you. Uh so I'm at the Top Dog Dynasty D A W G. Uh, that's my podcast. I uh, my buddy Chris and I do the podcast. He's at FF Crusher. I'm at AJ Willie too. And uh we have Karen who's kinda on hiatus right now and she's at quarter hex, but um uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's just basically Chris and I, um, you know, we kind of just record podcasts, kind of like you do, uh, whenever we feel like it, and um, we're about it once a week right now, but uh, yeah, if you want to hear me make fun of Chris, uh, it's always fun, and then we provide some content, and yeah, always appreciate any follows on Twitter, although I'm not, you know, debating people like you do all all the time, Jordan, so um, I'm I've taken up not... a new I've taken up a new approach to 2020, oh, and it's going to be the... The, the um you know tweeting about like my kid and <laughs> yeah like, I've, I've seen with your, everybody and, I've like, seen your attempts at this it's not I mean it's not going well so far so we're two we're two months in but yeah uh, yeah it's just, well, I'm working on it you know I'm, listen I like your listen, I like your banter on Twitter so I just I'm not I'm not good at like just randomly tweeting stuff like you are like you'll just boom here's a democratic debate tweet. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting tweet. Like, you know, I don't know. So. <laughs> we'll save we'll save the politics debate for the Patreon mm-hmm. side. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate your your listening uh, again. You can follow. Uh, we're going to we're going to stop recording on this and jump over to the Patreon side for a, for. A, <laughs> I'm uh, excited for a couple of topics we're going to talk about with uh, with Adam. So um, Patreon dot com slash analytics of dynasty. Again, my dynasty tiers, you got different hit rates. I think a lot of different uh, it's it's different in terms of rankings. And I think it's valuable in, in having context to players and different perspectives. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash analytics dynasty. I've got a group me, um, which is great. Uh, there's data points, uh, a lot of drafts, trades, all those things going on uh, and really uh, some really sharp owners in there. Um, and you can find the books analytics slash shop. And um, until next time, keep embra- embracing the variants and we'll talk again soon.